When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Sharing ideas about money. This is Share Radio. This is Simon Rose. Now it's time for the financial outlook for personal investors. I'm joined by Victoria Scholar, Head of Investment at uh, Interactive Invest. And we're recording this just after the Russians have invaded Ukraine and clearly um, markets <laughs> have been reacting. Um, I know this you know, could change by tomorrow or the day after, or certainly in a week's time, but what was the initial reaction in the markets, Victoria? Hey, Simon. Yeah, well, it was interesting because there was a lot of talk in previous days about how the market reaction had been pretty muted. But now that we've actually seen the invasion happen, we've seen sharp losses take place across global markets. It looks as though Europe's shaping up for the worst single session since the start of the pandemic when we had that COVID uh, crash. And the DAX in Germany is down by almost 5%, along with Italian and French markets down by a similar amount. And US stocks sharply lower as well. So this is really very much a truly global market sell-off. We saw Asian equities uh, sharply in the red as well. Uh, You know, losses getting as far as Australia and Hong Kong. But unsurprisingly, the most pain has been felt by Russian markets. We saw the Russian stock market, the MOEX, down by nearly 50% at one stage earlier. The central bank had to step in to stop investors from selling or ban short selling. And um, we're also seeing the Russian ruble hit a record low against the US dollar. Though uh, presumably it's not going to matter too much to Russia, given how sort of semi-autarchic um, it is, and they've been building up reserves for such a long time that they—I don't suppose it really matters to them. But many investors must be sort of wondering. Well, well, there are several things. First of all, I, in, when I first got involved in financial markets, it always used to be that markets were quite good at actually reacting in advance of news. But it seems to me, you think back to the pandemic, as you mentioned, you know, it was obvious what was happening, but the market took ages to react. And now, you know, the writing was on the wall when it came to Ukraine, and yet the markets don't seem to react until the moment it happens. Whatever happened to all that forecasting and looking ahead? Well, I think that markets are still a forward-looking mechanism of trying to figure out what's going to happen and correctly pricing in future events. But I don't think anyone really wanted to believe that Russia was truly going to Mm. invade Ukraine. Um, You know, we saw a swift imposition of sanctions this week from the West, which presumably they were hoping would be a significant deterrent because, of course, this is going to have a hugely negative impact on its economy, on international investment. And as we've seen and I spoke about just before, its equity market and its currency market. Um, So, I think it was almost a case of the markets not really believing that it would actually get as far as a war. And unfortunately, Putin has pushed it that step further, which is why the markets were slightly caught off guard and why we have seen this really dramatic uh, sell-off, one of the biggest sell-offs we've seen in in a number of years. Uh, You were talking about some of the markets and how far they've um, reacted. What's the 
the UK market um, doing, obviously, you know, most UK investors are most concerned about their own domestic market. Well, it's interesting because the FTSE 100 is down, but not as much as some of the other European markets. Um, I mean, we've seen some major losers today, like Russian gold miner Polymetal down by about 35%, as well as the Russian, Russian mining company Evraz, which is backed by the Russian billionaire Roman Abramovich, down by around 25 to 30%. So they're both languishing at the bottom of the FTSE 100. But the FTSE has quite a large exposure to oil and gas. So mm. the declines that we've seen in some of the Russian miners and the financial stocks as well has been tempered by some sharp gains that we've seen in energy. Shell, for example, uh, trading sharply higher on the back of this huge spike in energy prices. Also, BAE Systems is another interesting one, bucking the downtrend because of possible demand, sadly, for um, mm. defence amid um, the conflicts. And we've also seen um, this flight to safety trade. So the precious metals miner Fresnillo, that's been catching a bid um, as investors look to try and preserve some of their wealth amid the turmoil. But also in terms of um, European energy exposure, uh, Germany is a lot more exposed than we are to uh, Russian oil and gas. So that's another component of it as well. Mm. Um, let's just pause for breath briefly, Katrina, and then look at what investors might uh, consider doing in the future. Sharing ideas about money. This is Share Radio. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is Simon Rose. You're listening to Financial Outlook for Personal Investors on Sherry. I'm in conversation with Victoria, scholar of uh, Interactive Investors. So, um, Victoria, um, I mean, obviously, it might be a little late now for investors to think about what they should do. But I mean, it must be a thought in everybody's mind is, do you reposition your portfolio? Do you just sit it, sit it out? I mean, is there any advice one can even give, given that most of it didn't even think it was going to happen? I mean, it's difficult to give advice. I think it just sort of highlights the importance of having a diversified portfolio and making sure that um, you're not just exposed to those risk assets, but also you have some safety to hedge against the downturn um, with safe haven assets in the portfolio. You know, we've seen gold, silver, the US dollar all making gains as investors attempt to find ways to protect their wealth. So that's why we've seen safety assets push higher um, with an intensification of the conflict, of course, likely to underpin that uptrend. Um, also, it hasn't been all moves to the downside. Certainly, it has been a very volatile day. But if we think about the energy price complex, for example, U.S. natural gas futures surging by about 40% today alone after a double-digit gain yesterday. Brent crude, the global benchmark for oil, up more than 8%, hitting fresh highs not seen since 2014. It's pushed into triple digits, uh, moving above $104 a barrel. Real yeah. eye-watering numbers yeah. there. Um, you know, amid concerns about what Russia's invasion could invasion of Ukraine could mean for energy supplies. And, you know, some analysts are suggesting that oil prices could even go higher from here towards 110 
or even $120 a barrel. So, I mean, the only thing we know for certain right now is that there is so much uncertainty and that volatility is here to stay. So um, it is kind of worthwhile just ensuring that portfolios are diversified. There's not too much heavy exposure uh, to one sector, one stock or one asset class even. Um, You mentioned earlier the market reaction, slightly belated reaction to uh, the advent of of COVID-19. I mean, do you think there might be a parallel here? And the the extraordinary thing was the market really took a massive, massive nosedive. But if you look back at what happened, um, then it realised that perhaps the, the, the drop was far, far too great. And of course, people who bought at the bottom, if they were any, I've never actually met anybody who managed to call the turn exactly. <laughs> but if you did buy the bottom, of course, you'd be sitting pretty afterwards. But can we even tell whether where the bottom is going to be this time? I think there are certainly parallels in terms of the size of the declines that we're saying, seeing. You know, this is the biggest um, move lower, essentially, since um, the beginning of COVID. And like you say, one of the interesting dynamics that we saw after that COVID-driven sell-off was the rapid pace of recovery, particularly in the US. I think the S&P had recovered most of its gains by August when the sell-off was somewhere mm. around March. The FTSE 100, however, was a lot slower to react and it's only just kind of got back up to those pre-COVID levels um, this year. It's very difficult to say. Geopolitical tensions extremely hard to predict, not least price into the market. Trying to kind of figure out what that risk premium is, is very, very challenging, particularly when it comes to trying to calculate the actions of a leader who is notably unpredictable. Um, so in terms of calling a bottom, it's really difficult to say. It really depends on the escalation. You know, some are saying this could be um, a world war, for example, and God forbid it's not. But that obviously is going to create a lot more downside. If somehow the sanctions and the financial penalties can deter Putin from further aggression and it looks as though he is pulling out, then perhaps we might start to get a turnaround in the markets. But remember, before all of this, the markets were already extremely wobbly. There were major concerns about rising inflation and rising interest rates. So we already had a lot of volatility in January and at the beginning of February. This is yet another major pressure that's adding to the cocktail of uncertainty for markets ahead. You know, after that COVID-driven sell-off in 2020, a lot of markets enjoyed indiscriminate gains for 18 months or more. Now, 2022 appears to be the year of volatility. Um, Victoria, thank you very much indeed. Um, Rather depressing, but I suppose at the same time, fascinating times. We shall see how it plays out. Um, I've been in conversation with Victoria Scholar, who's head of investment at Interactive Investors. She will, I hope, be back with me in a fortnight's time as we discuss the financial outlook for personal investors again. Sharing ideas about money. This is Share Radio.